Bibles, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 is where we'll be this morning. The word of the Lord. Y'all, can I brag on Jesus just one more time? I'm so glad it ain't raining. Lord have mercy. Our, uh, our, pave, our paving company that we're using to, um, to, to do the, the parking lot, he came up to me Friday, the, the lead on it, and he said, he said, Pastor, I need you to do me a favor. I said, okay, name it. He said, could you just pray and ask the Lord to turn the faucet off? Just, just turn the faucet off. I said, funny story, in the month of December when we were all in that drought, I had a person come to the church and say, uh, Pastor, would you, would you have your pastor pray that the Lord would send the rain? I said, as one who's building a building, I said, I'm going to pray for his will to be done. <laughs> Lord have mercy, y'all ain't stopped raining yet. Hallelujah, every couple of days. And then the, the paver, so I told the paver that Friday, and I said, just to let you know, I don't feel like I have that kind of pull. But I'm going to ask in faith in Jesus' name. And I don't know how y'all feel, but I looked at the weather, and it's supposed to be clear all week long. I said, glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 16. For those of you that are in the room, God bless you. We're so thankful you're here. People that are uh, watching online, those that are listening to the radio broadcast, we're honored that you're with us today. We, we started a series, and we believe this is the theme for 2024, that this is the year of effective doors. This is the year of open doors. I do not find it a coincidence that we are preaching today with open doors. You can call it coinkydink if you want to. I'm telling you, I believe it's, it, God does supernatural things in very tangible ways for us. Today I want to uh, continue this series, this thought of effective doors, and I've subtitled this message this morning, See Who's at the Door. Now, I don't know what kind of house you live in, but uh, all my northern people, you're going to understand this illustration. All my southern people, this is not going to make sense to you. But my wife is from Ohio, okay? But she's been delivered. Hallelujah. We know the north won the battle, but hallelujah, y'all keep moving down here. Okay, all right, I like this. And, and it, is, it is one of the oddest practices of Southern people is most of the time, I grew up my entire life, and our door, our front door remained unlocked at all times. It was unlocked. We left the door unlocked, and the door opened most of the time, especially on, you know, breezy days. We believed what we had, we had a thing called a screen door. That, and how we knew that you were coming in was not by the doorbell, but the rust of the up and the clothes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But since marrying a northern woman, I did not realize that there are actually crooked people in the world. Okay? I didn't know there was such thing as thieves. I didn't know that there was something as evil and crooked people in the world. And so we, we moved to the place where, you know, we lock our doors at all times. And, and now that my life is a little older and things are happening, and I just don't like people showing up. We keep the door locked. And if I ever hear the doorbell ring, the first thing most often we'll say is, hey, somebody go see who's at the door. Now, that doesn't mean you're automatically going to be invited in. It doesn't even mean that the door is going to be open. 
But what I need to do is I need somebody to peer to the front door and find out who's on the outside of it to help me determine whether or not if that door is going to get open to you or not. And so today, I want you to see who's at the door of your effectivity, that at the effectivity of your door, the openness of your door. I want to let you know that there are some people, there are some things, there are some things that will be at that door. By way of introduction, this is the Hebraic calendar, 5784. The Hebrew people recognize this as 5,784 years. And in that, that this is the year, according to 84, you see the grammatica up there in the top right-hand corner, this is the year of open doors at the word of the Lord. That God is decreeing that there are open doors that are going to be unlocked to his sons and his daughters in this year at the word of the Lord. Now, I don't know if you're believing for something. I don't know if you're declaring something. I don't know if you're in anticipation for anything. But the Lord says this is the year of open doors. This is the year where he's going to open things that have been closed and he's going to close some things that have been opened. This is the year of open doors. Not at your word, not at your shouting, not at your screaming, not at your manipulation, not at your crying. But this this is the year of open doors when the word of the Lord is released over your situation. When you see this terminology of doors in scriptures, what God is really saying is, he's saying this is the year of opportunities. Now hang with me, I'm going to teach for a little bit and then we're going we're gonna to preach a little bit at the end, okay? He's saying that there are opportunities. I, this is the year where I'm going to create opportunities that are going to be open for you. And what you need to understand is three things. Number one, opportunities have an expiration date. A leadership principle says this way, that the opportunity of a lifetime only exists inside of the lifetime of that opportunity. That every opportunity can come around into your life, but most of the time it has an expiration date to it. All my single people, listen to me. The opportunity to be with you shouldn't be for 40 years for this dude to decide. It should have an expiration date. And if you don't want to, then toodles. Bye, Felicia. You understand what I'm saying? We're we going to move on. I'm not going to sit here and wait on you. It has an expiration date because I have value. But listen to me. Most often with this expiration date is because you and I have to be diligent, watch this, and not procrastinate. This is one of the greatest problems, issues that we have in the body of Christ. Everybody wants to wait on God to do something he's waiting on you to do. He told the man at the pool of Bethesda, take up your bed and walk. If that man had never taken up his bed, he might never have walked. There's some things that you're going to have to activate and engage with if you're going to see the fullness of that opportunity be realized in your life. It has an expiration date. Number two, that you have to prepare for the door you see about to be opened in your life. You have to prepare. You have to prepare. A potential father and mother are not going to wait until the baby's delivered to get the nursery ready. And if you do, you've missed the time of preparation. So the Lord is saying that you're going to have to prepare yourself for the door that is about to be unlocked in your life. My wife and I, early on, uh, several years ago now, uh, the Lord spoke to us and we, this was back when we were youth pastors, and, and just in case y'all wondering, youth pastors are broke. We're full of ministry, we're full of potential, but we ain't full of money. Hallelujah. And the Lord spoke specifically to my wife she, about our house. She said, the Lord told me to tell, to tell us to get our house in order. 
I said, okay, I'll straighten up. You want me to vacuum dust? She said, no, our financial house in order. We had $25 plus thousand dollars of school debt in addition to the fact we were poor. We were so poor we couldn't afford the OR. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? See, some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. We were broke. Our first year of marriage, we made $12,000 together. Hallelujah. Okay, when I say Poe, I mean Poe. Our house had a fan in the middle of the hallway with a window unit in the living room so we didn't sweat to death in the bedroom. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Plastic on the windows to keep the heat in in the winter and the cold, cold air in the summer. Hallelujah. We paid a whopping $150 for all the furniture in our house that we had to borrow. Poe. The Lord said, get your house in order. And we were full-time youth ministry, and we didn't get a pay raise. We didn't get any of those kinds of things, but we began to prepare for what God, we didn't know that we were about to plant this church. We didn't know what God was doing with Judah Church. We didn't know any of that stuff. We just heard the word of the Lord, get your house in order. And we began to operate. And within two and a half years, no pay raise, no crazy money. Nobody gave me a lottery ticket. We paid off every bit of our debt within two and a half. God paid off every bit of our debt within two and a half years. And you know what I'm saying? And, and we didn't know, but that was preparation because what would have today been? If I had had to say no because of debt. Do you understand? So he said prepare. It has an expiration date. And you have to prepare for the open door. So if you're preparing, you got to prepare you. you got to prepare your family. you got to prepare your finances. Most of all, you got to prepare your health and your faith. Because some of you, God is called to do great things, but you're too heavy to carry it. So why would he put it on you and you die in the middle of the problem? Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I'm talking to the fat boy himself. You understand what I'm saying? You got to prepare. Prepare your faith. Number three, these doors will not announce most often that they're doors. Doors don't announce their doors. Hey, this is an opportunity about to come your way. I'm a door, I'm a door, I'm a door. Doors of opportunity that God brings most often will not make the announcement that God's bringing it. But you have to believe that the word of the Lord for 2024, 5784, is that at the word of the Lord, doors in my life are going to be opened. Opportunities are going to be revealed in my life. This is why he said in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, he says that he opens doors no man can shut and he shuts doors that no man can open. Watch this. What God is saying is God is in charge of all of your opportunities. God is saying, I'm in charge of every one of your opportunities. Stop trying to trust into everybody else. Stop trying to trust your boss. Stop trying to hook and crook. Stop trying to network and manipulate. God said, I'm in charge of every one of your opportunities. you got to stop trusting in your ability. Stop trusting in your intellect. Stop trusting in your own divine strategies. God said, I am the one who is in charge of every one of your opportunities. I will open doors that no man can shut, and I will shut doors that no man can open. you got to trust me. Has anybody ever seen themselves go into a situation and they're like, I have no idea why I'm in this situation. I have no idea why God put me in this predicament. Listen to me. And I took the time to write this down. Crazy testimonies begin as scary opportunities. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy testimonies begin as scary opportunities. They will introduce themselves as a scary opportunity. And if you'll trust the Lord through the process, it will produce crazy testimonies. I don't know how you feel, but I want to be, need to be said of me, of my children and my grandchildren. And they tell their children and their children that Papa, back in the day, uh, he didn't have a whole lot. They said he had a whole lot of faith. And this man believed that God told him to do this, and it was counted unto him as righteousness. I don't know how it happened. It's crazy that it's even happened. But the Lord made a way out of that little old country boy from Laurenburg, North Carolina. God made that thing happen for him. I want to be the one that says, I got crazy faith. When God says it, I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to operate with the assumption that he's going to make himself not to be a liar, but is going to be true in my life. I don't know how you feel, but I don't want to end my life with mediocrity. I don't want to come in and say, oh, yeah, I got by by the skin of my teeth. No, I want people to look at my life and go, it had to be God to do it in him. It had to be God to provide that in him. I want to have crazy testimonies. But that only happens if I trust the Lord with the scary opportunity that has been laid in front of me. Big things will look like scary things first. So God says in Revelation through John chapter 3 verse 8, See, I have set before you an open door. Preached this last week. For I know you have little strength, and you have kept my word, and you have not denied my name. I didn't have time last week. But here's what God is saying. He's saying, now that you've come to the end of your ability, I'm going to start. Now that you've tried to work all this stuff out for yourself, you've exhausted every opportunity you have. You've tried to employ and deploy every networking scheme you've tried to do. You've tried to hustle. You've tried to grind. You've tried to hook. And now you are exhausted and you've exerted all of your strength. Now I'm going to show up and I'm going to open a door for you that you can't even open for yourself. And I'm going to make sure that what I do for you is going to be obvious that it was me who did it for you. You kept my word and you did not deny my name. That, that phrase denied my name in the Greek, it literally translates, you did not say no to me. I told you to do something and you didn't say no to me. I asked you to sacrifice in this way and you didn't say no to me. I asked you to give in this way and you didn't say no to me. Even though you didn't even have it yourself and even though you may have even felt selfish like, man, I should be doing this for me. But I asked you to do something. I asked you to lay it down. I asked you to trust me in the process. I asked you to give me this. I asked you to be single. I asked you to go through this struggle. I asked you to go through these things and you never said no to me. At every level, you were willing to give me your yes and because you have given me your yes and you've kept my word in midst of it all I'm going to open a door my size in your life and nobody's going to take it away from you in 2024 now I don't know how you feel about that but I'm excited because it was a long time ago I gave God my yes but it was this morning I gave God my yes again I give him my yes today I'll give him my yes tomorrow I'll give him my though he slay me yet will I praise him God is saying, in light of all you've done, you never told me no. Because you never told me no. You didn't deny my name. You never told me no. See, I've set before you an open door. But I need you to hear me today. With every heavenly plan, there must come earthly alignment. 
I have to align myself with the thus saith the Lord. I can shout about what God is saying or I can act like it's about to come into my life. It has to have earthly alignment with it. But what you and I have to do is see who's at the door. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. Paul tells the church at Corinth that there is a great and effective door that is open for me. And the adversaries are many. Now, what I would like to do is go to King James, smack him a couple times. Translated the Bible, by the way. Smack him a couple times and say, I need you to take away that conjunction word and and put another conjunction word but. But it literally translates and the adversaries are many. In other words, doors and adversity accompany one another. Now, if you came from naming and claim it, blabbing and grab it, frolicking through the fields of favor, this is not your Sunday. That you're never going to struggle, you're never going to have issues. It's not scriptural. It preaches well, mm, let me be careful, and it takes up offerings well. But it ain't biblical. There is a great and effective door that has been opened for me, and the adversaries are many. Enemies, adversity, and doors go together. Opportunities and adversity go together. So what we've done in the Church of America is told you, it's your door, it's your season, it's your blessing, it's your prosperity, it's all of this. And then you find yourself under the auspice of attack and wonder if you miss God. You didn't miss God. The adversity comes with the opportunity. Adversity is at the door. Well, the question is why? I mean, why I got to go through stuff? And here's why. Because adversity is needed because it will conjure up courage and movement. So God brings adversity to make you have courage for this new opportunity and to create movement that is required for this new season. If you're not willing to get off the couch... For the promise, maybe you'll get off the couch for the pain. Okay, all right. Uh, should have sat in the foyer. Yeah. Because pain will motivate you in ways promise never will. Ah, 
But I'm telling you, God will put you through the hellacious season of your life because some of you won't listen because he blessed you. We'll listen because we're being crushed. We're being pressed. We're being perplexed. And God says, I will bring adversity to let you know you have courage. Take courage. And I want to move you. And if I can't get you off the couch of comfort and complacency with what the promise is, maybe the pressure will get you up. Because see, many of, oh God, have mercy. Many of us will not pray when we're in the blessed season. We only pray when we're going through problems. We only pray when we're going through pain. So he will bring problems and he will bring pain to get us operating in movement so that we can continue moving our hips to our new season. Okay, you ain't got to amen me. I know I'm telling the truth today. With opportunity comes adversity. Adversity is always accompanied with the door. Because you have more courage than you think you do. You are so much stronger than you think you are. You have so much more power and there's so much more purpose than you recognize. And most of the time, it's not the door of opportunity that motivates us. It's the, I don't want to live in this hell no more. Something got to change in my life. I'm tired of this. So we run from things, but while we're running from it, we're also running to something else. Okay. Here, here's what I've learned. That new opportunities, new battles reveal new opportunities. Okay. New battles reveal new opportunities. Your door will reveal your enemy, and your enemy will reveal your door. Can I mess with this for a minute? David was the first pizza delivery boy in the history of the world. He brought to his brothers on the battlefield bread and cheese. I call that dominoes. Because y'all know they don't never put no sauce on that thing. So they just gave us, started calling it cheesy bread. <laughs> That's pretty much what it was before. So he's bringing his brothers bread and cheese. By the end of that day, they have a parade celebrating him. What transitioned him from delivery service to notoriety that would one day become the king? The enemy called Goliath. Because doors reveal enemies and enemies reveal doors. So the good news is, ladies and gentlemen, if your enemy shows up first, you ought to be the one praising the loudest. Because that adversity is the announcement there's a new opportunity that's being opened to you. So you shouldn't be the one crying. You shouldn't be the one whining. You shouldn't be the one acting like a victim. No, you should be dancing. You should be running. You ought to be grabbing flags up here too. We're going, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why? Because the enemy, your adversity is the announcement that God is opening a new door for you. There is a new opportunity for you. There is a new season. And you're going to have to go through some things. But the reason you're going through it is because you're going to something supernatural. But why, why, why do we have to deal with so much adversity? Well, the reason is because your adversaries are nervous. You might actually figure out you have a future. Yeah. 
It is amazing to me. Wow, I'm going to help somebody this morning. I didn't say this in the first service. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Your enemy doesn't fight you on the level you think you are. He fights you on the level he perceives you to be. Terrified that if you ever figure out you are in much greater power than you realize, then you may actually step in to the fullness of his decree over your life. The greatness and effectivity of your door is revealed by the amount of adversity standing in front of it. The greatness and effectivity of your door is revealed by the amount of adversity that is standing in front of it. Larry, come here for a second. Stephen, come here for a second. Chris, come here for a second. Just, just stand over here. I, need, I, need, I ain't scared of none of y'all, so let me find somebody else. Let me find somebody that I'm afraid of. I need to find a woman. <laughs> woman, stay in the back. <clears throat> JB, come up here for a second. Come up here for a second. Come here, come here, Pierre. Come here, Pierre. Yeah, you thought you were going to hide back there, didn't you? Hallelujah. There is a great and effective door that is open for me. And the adversaries are many. They're many. It's, it's not like I just have to go through one thing. But it's like by the time I deal with this, now I got to deal with this. And by the time I get through this, then uh, this daggum thing shows up. <laughs> like, this wasn't a big deal. We'll just homeschool. Some of y'all got that. You, huh? I, I, I can work through this. I, we, we can work through this, but my God. I got to deal with this. And about the time you're contending with this, all of a sudden this thing turns around and tries to stab you in the back. Now see, if you're going to be holy today, this ain't going to make sense. So I got all this adversity. I don't know how it is, but about the time I put out one fire, another fire sparks. And by the time I get this one under control, the next fire starts. And then all of a sudden I'm dealing with a really big fire. And I didn't even start it. Great resistance is an indicator of a great door. What's wrong with me that God would make me go through things? Maybe the better question is, what's right with me that God would trust me to go through things? Because great resistance is not an indicator of what's wrong with me. It may be an indicator of what's right with you. And, and then the, the enemy does, you know, 
great resistance is an indicator of great doors, but effective resistance is an indicator of effective doors. So, yeah, I can handle all this. I can handle all this. I got a hundred people at my job and they're all talking junk about me. I can handle all that. But what I can't handle is the breakdown in my marriage. Now that's effective. They can send emails all they want to about me and it ain't going to change my sleep pattern at all. But let her, let him start to contend against me. It wasn't a bunch of adversity it was, but it was very effective adversity. When you see great and effective adversity, good news, good news, there is great and effective door that is about to be unlocked in your life. So watch this. My focus has got to be either on my adversity or my focus has got to be on my door. Which one am I locked in on? The adversity or the opportunity? The adversity or the opportunity? And many of you feel like you're ADD and you're ADHD because one minute you're thinking about the adversity and you're scared, the next minute you think about the opportunity and you're excited and then you're scared and then you're excited and then you're scared and then you're excited and then you look and go, I need to call the doctor, I need to get on some medication. Listen to me, you do not need medication, you need focus. And the reason you need to focus is you got to determine, am I going to focus on what I'm facing or am I going to focus on the opportunity that is on the other side of what I'm facing? Listen, you don't need medication. You need dedication that no matter what it is that I'm going through, I'm focusing on what God is doing in my life. There is a door that is being opened. And if I got to go through this, fine. I'll go through this because I'm going to my door. If I got to go through this, I'll go through this, but I'm going to my door. If I got to go through this, I'll go through this, but I'm going to my door. If I got to go through this, if I got to go through this, if I got to go through this, I'm going to do what I got to do because God is opening a door for me and can't nobody shut it and I'm going to it. And though the adversaries are many, this is my door. This is my season and I will not be denied. for a second. I hear you. I hear you. Pastor, that was really good. But you should have had a door up there. Right? He should have had a door. Like, he didn't have time to go get a door. I mean, he plans his sermons until September, and in September, and you didn't have time to put a door together? I got a door. Bring me my door. Oh, listen to me. If you think a door is going to come in any way but Jesus, you miss the point. John 10, 9 says, I am the door. You want a deeper realm of opportunity? It's in me. You want a deeper realm of blessing? It's in me. You want to see things in my life? It's in me. And it is an open door. I'll fight through this. I'll fight through this. I'll fight through this. I'll fight through this. Because he's open for me, and I will not be denied. 
season. Like in him is another opportunity. In him is another realm. In him is another blessing. trying to find it in everybody else, everything else. He is the door. He is the door. It's all about Him. If I can stay close to Him, come on somebody. If I can just get to Him. The woman with the issue of blood's healing was because Jesus was the door of her, He was the doorway of her healing. done right here. Be seated for just a minute. I'm done, I'm done with this thought. What is it about the adversity? What is it about the adversity that gets me so distracted? 2 Timothy 1.7 tells you, for God has not given us the spirit of timidity. NIV, King James, fear. I want you to hear me today. Fear is a spirit, not an emotion. Timidity is a spirit. It is not an emotion. It is not a mentality. It's a spirit. Timidity, root word, timid, which is the root word of the word intimidation. What has happened to the body of Jesus that you and I have decided to live so intimidated to walk out our faith out loud? What has happened to us where hell and addiction and sin gets to scream louder than the ones who have freedom? Because the spirit of intimidation has happened. What? Intimidation. Let me define it for you. To be so convinced of loss that one will not even engage. You are so convinced it's not going to work out. Why even try? It's not based on truth, it's not based on reality. It is all based upon the taunt of your adversity to get in your head in such a way to convince you of failure to the point that you won't even swing. It's intimidation. It's intimidation. I'm a sports guy. Imagine. Back in my day when, when I played, we, we played this, this school. Um, it, it was up in Charlotte. I don't think it, it exists now. It's called Barbara Scotia. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about, Barbara Scotia? So we would go. They, I was, we were a Bible college. They called us Pfeiffer because we were all white. And we go to Barbara Scotia. And if you know Barbara Scotia, you know it ain't the same story. They, they had... They had the cheerleaders line right up under the free throw, the, the, the goal. 
And then they had very intimidating men on the catwalk around it, the track around it, that was right where the goal was. So you got very distracting, bouncing ladies. And very intimidating young men who look like, if you make this shot, you may not make it to the bus. I hadn't grown into my ears yet, so my nickname for the whole crowd was Doogie Hauser. <laughs> Come on, Doogie. You're gonna, you can make it, Doogie. Like, look it up. Let's just look it up. I'm sitting there at the free throw line, and I'm going, oh, my God. The whole crowd is cheering against me because they want me to not score. So they put things in front of me to get my focus off and things above what I'm trying to hit to get my focus off. And then the jeers and the yelling and the screaming of people all around me because they want to get my focus off and me become so intimidated that I'm just trying to get through the free throw. That I won't win. Imagine being a field goal kicker. Zero seconds left on the clock. And you're in the away team's stadium. 35,000 plus are screaming against you. What are they doing? They can't come out there and hit you. They can't come out there and slap you. They can't come out there and steal the ball. All they can do. That's all they can do. Because if they could touch you, they probably already would have taken what was yours. So they try to get on the, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. So they try to get on the inside of you, even though they can't touch what's yours. So you're at the line, and the ball's in your possession. And it's your moment. Sink it or miss it, but it's yours. They can yell. They can scream. They can shout. They can shake. They can, throw hur they can hurl slander. They can do all of that stuff, but they can't stop the fact that it's you at the line, the ball's in your hand, and this is your moment to make it or miss it. Now you need scripture. The enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He can't bite you. He can't eat you. He can't steal from you. This is your moment. All he can do is taunt you to intimidate you to the point to where you won't even try. So I, I hear you. You want, you want to know the story? Sum up. Hurry up, Doogie. All right, y'all better calm down. Calm down. Now don't let the let. The, the. I hear your taunts. I hear your taunts. It's my microphone. 
first one? Brick. I missed. Oh, see, you needed a perfect story. This ain't a perfect story. This is, I, I failed, but at least I shot it. You, you understand? I missed it. But bless God, it was me that missed it. And then, you know what they did? Because I missed one. All of a sudden, here we go, Doogie. Let's go, Doogie. Well, I don't know how to do it, but they, I mean, it's, it's, it's all that, okay? All right. Never mind. Yeah. All right. It's all that. And something clicked. Oh, the devil is a lie. You, okay, I got your doogie. Sorry, it's our third service. I got your doogie right here. Sink, swish. Like Hulk Hogan. Right? Yeah, I missed the first one. But you know what? If I miss the first one, that don't mean I'm going to miss the second one. And if I don't miss the second one, then I got enough confidence to try for the third one. Don't put me back on the line because I shoot 98%. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a mentality. It's a mentality that even if I fail, I'm going to fail going after what he said for me. Even if I blow it, at least I'm going to take the shot. I am not going to live my life wondering, did I have enough potential? Did I have enough opportunity? Did I have the right mindset? I want to know that if I cannot do it, it's not because I didn't try. There is an effective door open for me, and this is my door. And sink or swim, hell or high water, I want to try to make sure. I want to see if this is God's goodness in my life. intimidated it's a spirit watch this if God has created an opportunity for you you have to seize it sink or swim what I don't want is to end my life and my children never see me walk out faith even if it didn't work out he was a man that thought he heard God and he tried he didn't just hear God and wait on God to do it. Jesus said, I am the door. But today, I rebuke the spirit of intimidation off of you. Some of you, you're in a vicious cycle. God puts this in your heart and you're like, I better not. Puts it in your heart and then all of a sudden, you know what God does? Or, or the enemy does? He sends that person. They had talked to you in three years, all of a sudden they show up to talk you out of what God's trying to talk you into. No, no, no. This is the year. I'm going to see who's at the door. And it don't matter who's at the door. I'm going to the door. If that's you, give God praise all over the room today. So we decree at Judah Church that in 2024, 2024 is the year great and effective doors are being opened for me. If you believe God's got great doors being opened, I dare you, one, two, three, give God praise all over the room today.
that great and effective doing. Things that eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard. Give him praise for it. Stand with me all over the room this morning if you're physically able. Today I want to have a special prayer. Heads about, eyes are closed. Hear me. I don't care if this is your first time at Judah. I, I don't really care if this is your last time at Judah. The Lord has intersected our lives together and you needed this word today. And you need to respond to what God is saying. I felt so prompted in my heart when I closed up my, my notes on Friday that the Lord said, today I'm going to deliver some people from spirits of intimidation. And if you're in this room today and you recognize you carry a spirit of intimidation, God is pushing you to step up and you always shy away. Call it temperament, call it emotion, call it whatever you want to call it. Today, I call it a spirit of intimidation. You know he's called you for greatness, and every time the, mo the moment looks like it's about to present itself, you begin to withdraw. Ah, even in your family, there's an intimidation, there's a spirit of timidity that sits over you. Today, the Spirit of the living God wants to break that off of somebody in this room. If that's you, I don't care if this is your first time, your last time, or you've been here every time. If you say, Pastor, that's me. I, I, I've been battling a spirit of intimidation. I want you to jump out of your seat and meet me in this front for a closing prayer. Come on, I release you right now. Don't hesitate. Don't wonder what anybody else is doing. Prayer team, move with me. Elders, pastors, if you can help me. We're going to minister this morning. Come on. Come on. I, I battle, I struggle with a spirit of intimidation. Spirit of timidity. Come on, I'm waiting for you. Even if you're in the foyer, I'm waiting for you. This is a moment. This is a freedom day. This is a freedom day. the prayer team to pray in just a minute, but I want you to look at me. If you're in this front, look at me just for a minute. 
most often? The spirit of intimidation starts out as a spirit of comparison. It's a spirit of comparison. And most often there's one person that is usually associated with that that you compare to. And then all of a sudden it's like I don't measure up. Sometimes it's in family, sometimes it's in business, sometimes it's in relationships, sometimes it's, it can do it in any, in any area. But it usually is rooted with a spirit of comparison that turns into a competitive spirit. Here's the problem, ladies and gentlemen. You can never beat somebody at being themselves. You'll never beat them at being them. But you know what the good news is? Nobody can beat you at being you either. Can't nobody beat you at being the real you. Often imitated, but never duplicated. Come on. You are 100% fearfully and wonderfully made. And he did not make you as a replicant of anyone except him. And today, we're going to pray that the spirit of comparison is broken. And whatever word curse that may have been spoken over you that has created an inward inadequacy is broken over your life in Jesus' name. And that the spirit of intimidation breaks off of your life. And, and I don't know who this is for. But some of you, the reason why you're battling is because you're dealing with a Jezebel spirit. You're dealing with a Jezebel spirit that is intentionally trying to manipulate you and hold you down. But the good, you know what the good news is about Jezebel spirits? They get thrown off the walls and dogs eat their face. And today I'm telling you, y'all need to read y'all's Bible. I'm telling you, and I'm telling you, Jezebel is going to fall in your life. That manipulating spirit is going to be broken off of your life, over your life in Jesus' name. And you're going to walk in the power, in love, and in the sound mind that God has destined and deemed you to be. Is anybody in faith with me today? Sweetheart, black shirt, I don't know if this is your first time. I don't know that I've ever spoken to you. But every time I look at you, I see a, I see a woman bodybuilder just over top of you flexing. And the Lord's saying, it's your spirit that you are more powerful than you realize you are. You are walking in, you have power that you have yet to tap into. And when you walk in that power that has already been applied to your life, Lord have mercy, joy is going to be your portion. Not timidity, not depression, not fear, not worry, not trying to... Not people pleasing, not trying to fit. I'm just telling you, every time I see you, I see a massive female body arms just flexing over top of you. Honey, I don't know what this season is, but I'm telling you, season of power is about what about you, you're about to walk into. A season of love is about what you're walking in. And I'm talk, not talking about a man. I'm talking about love. I'm talking about loving yourself. I'm talking about loving the way God made you and a sound mind. I'm talking about the fullness of a sound mind being your Listen to me. You ain't crazy. You ain't lost your mind. 
nothing. You ain't suicidal. You're not depressed. You're not full of anxiety. You are not full of fear. You have a sound mind. You ain't going bananas. You ain't going to have to end up in a hospital. So the devil is alive. The tone of the enemy, God is about to breathe laryngitis over your enemy, and he's not going to be able to speak those lies over your head again. You're about to flex in supernatural ways. Good God, have mercy. I feel the Holy Ghost. Raise your hands all over this room. Father, in the name of Jesus, we break every spirit of comparison. We break every spirit, every word curse that has been spoken over your sons and daughters today. Come on, prayer team, go ahead and minister. Come on, prayer team, go ahead and minister. Right here in the name of Jesus, we say, Spirit of the living God, fall in supernatural ways. We say that they walk in the fullness of the decree you have over their life today. Come on, church family, not in the altar. Lift your voice. Just speak power over their life. Somebody prophesy over their future today. It's your portion. It's your portion. It's your portion.
because he is not done with you yet. He's not done with me yet. I don't know who this is for, but there's so much more to the story. get to everybody today 
So why don't you just stand in the spirit of prophecy today and look at somebody close to you and point at them real good so they know you're talking to them. And tell them, say, there's so much more to your story. Find somebody else to prophesy. Tell them, say, there's so much more to your story. Justin and Beth, there's so much more to this story. There's so much, there's so much more to this story. He's not done with the ceilings yet. God what he can't do in my life. How dare me let a doctor tell me what God can't do in my life. How dare me let a dysfunctional person tell me what God can't do in my life. How dare me let me tell myself who am I to deny? You know what I feel like saying? I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I, I see it's before to think he don't have any more tricks in his bag up his sleeve y'all he's just getting started exceedingly abundantly above all that we can even ask y'all Crazy testimonies start with scary opportunities. 
crazy testimonies. And I just believe that this is a house of miracles and manifestations waiting. Yep. Yep. So you just gave me that religious thing. I believe your house is a house of miracles and manifestations you have yet to see. If you're in faith of what he's going to do in your life, one, two, three, give him praise all over the room. Spirit of God, today, I ask you to open spiritual eyes and ears to recognize when adversity is the announcement of a new opportunity. I pray, Lord that you would awaken us to recognize when that spirit of intimidation is trying to keep us from what you have opened to us. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Thank you, Lord, that new opportunities are being opened. Let me say it another way. Thank you that old seasons are about to be finished. And give us the spiritual awareness to recognize when you are pushing us to courage and movement. place. I thank God for all the things that he does, but can you just take about 30 seconds and worship him for who he is? Can you just worship him for who he is? Let's not ask him for anything in this moment. Let's just, let's just honor him for who he is. We worship you. Oh, ancient of days. Oh, rock that is higher than I. Dayspring, wellspring, morning star, lily of the valley, rose of Sharon, you fairest of 10,000, the altogether lovely one, the one who is true and faithful. Our shield, our banner, our righteousness, our joy, our door, our redemption. 
Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We cry, holy, holy, holy is the one which was and is and is to come. The one with eyes like fire and hair like wool. The one seated on the throne. The one with has a sword that comes out of his mouth. Yeah. 